Hello and welcome to episode number 273 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, can't complain. Yeah, uh, we got another big movie to talk about this week, um, which is weird because I feel like I'm still on a high from last week. Um, yeah. Hopefully everyone will have, uh, hopefully first and foremost, you've seen Last Night in Soho. Um, I really do hope people go out and watch that movie um, and then obviously enjoy our spoiler free love fest that we had last week about the movie. It was so much fun talking about it. Um, yeah, it was great. Always the the favorite shows when like we you don't get it too often when it's like a movie that you've looked forward to for so long that you have the mm. highest expectations for and then somehow the movie over delivers. Um, I think it, as well, there's sometimes I might have really enjoyed a movie, but I don't necessarily want to talk about it for ages and ages. Mm. But like I I just had a really fun conversation talking about that movie as well. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes mm. you can have a good conversation talking about a bad movie, yeah. But it's great when you can have a great conversation about a great movie. Yeah, and I think it shows as well that like we didn't need to re like I, we didn't even really go any spoilers at all, and I think nice, that just shows nice. you how much content there is that we could easily do a, a spoiler show as well, um, because there'd be so much else to talk about. Yeah, only we didn't have movies every week, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we did have another movie that we kind of had to squeeze in um, because it did Antlers did come out the same day as Soho, um, and it was yeah. only shown for a week at our cinema at our Got massive uh, Odeon. So um, we had to squeeze this one in on one of the last showings before it disappeared into the night. Um, yeah, I think we went to the penultimate showing, didn't we? Yeah, pretty much. Certainly on the last day, um, which is just ridiculous. Like, it's one of those things that um, used to happen back in the day, kind of back when things were normal, I guess. And now we're trying to get used to what is the new normal. And this is certainly one of those things that felt normal. Like, oh, yeah, a horror movie at the cinema that's only there for a week. Those are the good old days. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, we will talk about Antlers shortly. Um, but first, the news. There's really not too much this week. There's one nice, pretty update, substantial update, which we'll talk about to start with, um, which is, of course, about Stranger Things. Um, mm. It was Stranger Things Day over the last week, whatever the hell that means. Um, obviously, it's just I love it when basically. these things have days. Like, that's, <laughs> such a, that's such a, like, a recent thing that, mm. that has like got legs like oh there's last of us day and now we have stranger things day yeah. and i'm like is this a thing like, i know because it's like okay so it happened in the last week so it's you know early november like what what's that got to do with stranger yeah, things yeah like what I, relevance is it is i don't it know that i could easily season... i'm sure i could easily find that out but I'm it's sure like, too, don't but I, like I don't care <laughs> like i'd much prefer to guess and just be like it, yeah it just doesn't you know th yeah there's no relevance for it it's not like you know, if we're going to talk about a Friday the 13th movie on Friday the 13th, that kind of makes sense. Mm. Yeah, there I, are certain things, yeah. certain IPs that demand, you know, they have like these special mm. days that are part of their marketing. But yeah, Stranger Things just isn't one of those. Um, but what, regardless, what day should we earmark for Psycho Gorman Day? Oh, man. I feel like every day should be Psycho Gorman <laughs> Day, in all honesty. Um, every Tuesday when we record so we can talk about it. Um, yeah, it's definitely got to be a Tuesday. Yes. Um, Tuesday the 12th. <laughs> but yeah so basically um we got the final teaser um we mm -hmm. kind of knew that we've been saying for a while that they'd been teasing the teasers out slowly we knew that there was going to be a fourth one um so we got the teaser but kind of more importantly we've got not a date or i guess not a day but a time frame um so obviously before we knew that it was 2022 um obviously for the longest time i was saying that i did think it would come out this christmas um got delayed to 2022 and i was saying like well hopefully you know it's not that far into 2022 and they might mm. just randomly drop it you know january feb um we do now know that it is coming later than that um in summer 2022 um which the, so that is in line with the last season isn't it because that was also in mm -hmm. the summer um which was what 2019 yeah it must have been um so it's gonna be three years um yeah, is it was it 2019 or was it 2018 like i've it's hard to keep track these days it's hard to keep track yeah i don't know off the top of my head but i feel like you, it was 19 but. yeah because i'm trying to think obviously with yeah it's, it's difficult but basically it's been a while um mm. so i guess first of all like what is your initial reaction to finally getting obviously not a date but we know a, a certain time frame like it's probably going to be you know june july time that we finally get this new season of stranger things i i don't 
I don't know. I think we've been speaking a lot in recent weeks that I'm just kind of numb at this point. Mm. Like, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll placeholder that in my mind. And then when it gets a month out, like I don't, I'm not getting overly excited for things until they're kind of like one or two months out. Like I'm, I'm allowing myself now to get excited for scream. Like I feel like that's happening and we're seeing it weekly in the cinema. So yeah, like stranger things, I've got to wait for you to get closer. Also just like with Netflix and these shows that drop, I, you know, I didn't get excited for Midnight Mass until we were very close to it dropping because I just, I don't need to see trailers for it. Like, I, like briefly, I don't really have that many thoughts on this trailer other than it's cool to see Stranger Things, but I just don't really want to see anything. Like, I just want Stranger Things at this point. So, like, we got a little bit about Elle and what she's up to and, you know, kind of get to see a couple of the characters and stuff. But, like, I really don't want to see any more on that. Like, I don't want to see where kind of um dustin is at the start of the season all these different characters like i kind of um, i it's part of the fun like when when season four begins like episode one is just going to be really great catching up with these characters that i love again so like i don't really need to see any snippet of them um and and so yeah I, i'm just gonna pretty much just try to forget about this until it comes out and, and that's not to downplay it because mm. i'm incredibly excited for it but it's just it's kind of how I'm operating right now with these sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, my initial reaction to kind of the date was definitely disappointment because I did, you know, I thought it was going to be sooner. Um, so I think that initial kind of like, oh man, we're still quite far away from this. Obviously, it is a very nebulous time frame to give um, because mm. that can cover, you know, three or four months depending on how you look at it. And I do think obviously what we got in this teaser was kind of from Elle's perspective saying it's been six months, obviously, since kind of she left the town, left Hawkins um and it's spring break it seems to be kind of the thing that mm-hmm. this is going to be set over we, we always talk about that that they need to come up with these reasons why the kids aren't at school even though we do get to see a lot of school in this teaser which is cool because it's something that they've they haven't massively shown us enough considering this is a show mm. about kids um yeah. and so spring break is interesting because i you know again i thought it was initially going to be between sort of thanksgiving and christmas and they're not going that route but yeah spring break would imply that it's you would have to get to this maybe early summer um so who knows when we're going to get this but yeah i'm pretty much with you like now we've got this final teaser out of the way and i've loved all of the teasers like every time i've seen mm. the characters it's got me super excited this season looks like it's shaping up to be something really special i really feel yeah. um just based upon how much there is in this um you know there's so much character work and that's like always been our main focus and the thing that we've said time and time again that we love is just i just want to see these characters exist in the world you know i'd speculated before that like i would watch the show if they if they did a left turn and they just took out all of the like the fantasy elements Mm -hmm. for a season and we're just like no how did how are these characters now going to survive without fucked up shit happening to them Mm. constantly yeah um we know that's not going to happen as as a year in school Mm. just dealing with school stuff yeah, and yeah. I love that that's what we saw in this teaser, was that it yeah. wasn't kind of like, oh, she's getting bullied, so she, you know, like, makes them levitate in a hallway or something. Like, I'm sure there, are, there might be stuff like that, but it is more just like, no, how would, you know, a teenager struggle to a new, um, you know, situation, a new family, a new home life, all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited for it. I do think kind of the next time we see this now is probably going to be in the new year, and it probably will be like, here's the date, here's the, the final, you know, proper trailer. Um, which the other thing be... is, we, we haven't seen a lot of our characters, really, mm. you know, and, and I kind of don't want to. Yeah. I think, I think probably, like, Will is, is one of the characters that, like, I'm least excited to see where he goes, and, and, and so kind of having him at least featured in this trailer, I'm like, okay, like you, you look good in this trailer. Like, I don't have a problem with you. Like, you know, I think he, he has been a bit of a problem for them. Mm, it, this I completely agree. show has gone on because obviously he was completely adjacent in season one and then they didn't know what the hell to do with him in season two and three. Really. Yeah. And kind of, so, so I hope he kind of finds his place a bit more. And then, and, and he's the only real question mark because everyone else, like I love where they're going to be. I know that. So like, I don't really need to see it. So I think mm. they made a good choice with having him. And like, I would, I would prefer that the, the next trailer just kind of gives us more of the same, really. Like, I don't want to see Steve. I don't really want to see these characters like over and over again. Like I, 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 I'm happy with a tiny little glimpse and I don't really want no more. 
Yeah, I feel like it, it, we'll just have to decide now because obviously this was the mm. final teaser. So like I said, I think the final or the next thing we see will be like, here's the date and here's a full over three minute long because these are obviously very brief, um, full on like, you know, overview of the mm. season where it'll be like, yeah. here's Elle, here's Mike's relationship, here's what's happening yeah. with like Hopper and all of that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah like no. it's going to be interesting whether or not we want to watch that or not. Um, I know. I, I feel like I'm gonna have to though. <laughs> but obviously, it, it, I again, I just want a firm date because then I want to start planning mm. when I'm gonna rewatch Stranger Things. Um, yeah, I just that's want true. Plenty of time to kind of rewatch it. Yeah. Um, like I'm already thinking about you know January Feb time is probably when I'm gonna start it and then try and get through it. Like because I don't want to just burn through it quickly. Um, would like mm. to try and space it out over a few months. Get that get that hype and excitement going for the new season. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's firmly one of the things I'm most excited for next year. Like. Like on anything like it's been so long um so i cannot wait for it um next up is just kind of a small update really there's a movie that i think we might have talked about in the news um but it's a very random one um called advent calendar um so this is kind of like another festive horror movie um and this was at fright fest this year it was kind mm-hmm. of one of the very few movies that kind of grabbed me um with its synopsis yeah. and i was like oh man you know for in my opinion there really wasn't enough to make me want to go to the festival this year but this was one of the few that i was like yep if i was going i would try and get this in my schedule um yeah i think that's why i don't know whether we've ever explicitly talked about it on the show because we've talked about it in our kind of preliminary fright fest kind of research and that sort of thing mm. so like i don't know whether it has featured in the show or not but but it was something that we've been keeping an eye on and it's nice that we've now got an update on it yeah, so Shudder have picked it up, which is fantastic, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always the, the main partner that you want to see when it comes to these sort of on-demand sure. horror. Um, and, yeah, it will be streaming on the service worldwide on uh, the 2nd of December. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously uh, less than a month away. So it's a real nice one. Like, I don't know if we'll necessarily cover it. Like, I would like to. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, it's seemingly that's the same week that we're getting Resident Evil. Um yeah. Because I found out over the past week that we're getting that a week later than the States for whatever Yay. reason. Um, the, the the date that I'm seeing is December 3rd now um, mm. for Resident Evil as opposed to like end of November um, stateside. So, yeah, obviously we're going to be covering that. That's going to be like our final big um, cinema horror for the year. It's crazy because it's like cinema there's so much in december there's like spider-man's after that and then matrix Mm. comes out like super close to christmas i think it's like december 22nd or something so and then obviously like supposedly we're getting a limited theatrical release of titan around that time as well um obviously we won't be uh covering that this year that'll be hopefully in the new year Mm. um so yeah it's it's ridiculous how like busy this december schedule is this year um but yeah i'm i'm very looking forward to this one Um, yeah me too i hope i hope we can try to squeeze it in because it's certainly something that i will be watching in december yeah Um, we always like to get one of these in don't we in december like a christmas horror and and yeah this one i I think this one has potential it Mm. looks good in the trailer i think um you know it has some quite dark vibes and and kind of you know that 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 kind of um what what was the language was it french i can't remember it's a french horror film yeah um you know we have high expectations of french horror Mm. and um it's delivered consistently and then with this being a solid trailer like it does get me very interest peaked and and you know i think kind of the whole the whole concept of this advent calendar that's kind of given these different effects each day and kind of getting darker and darker like i think could be a fun concept and i think it you know the, the snippets we saw there wasn't you know like i say for something that i didn't really know anything about i think it was a good trailer that's got me got me ready to watch it yeah it did look really cool like like you say it's a fun concept um with this kind of being gifted this advent calendar that might give you sort of i guess tricks or treats um and it is weird because you kind of almost get this like horror film jumanji vibe from it where it's like right once you start opening these doors on this calendar you can't just like stop at certain point you have to kind of see it through which i like um and apparently they're kind of drawing from like different european folklore for a lot of like the the actual horror elements um of these kind of like self-contained little moments because initially this almost did sound like an anthology um with these kind of like different doors for the advent calendar um but it seems like it isn't that but yeah it's it's one to look out for there is like a small trailer out there if people want to look at it but um yeah definitely one to keep on the radar like say if you want to watch a festive horror because we've not seen one for the last couple of years um 
So it would be nice to get to this. And obviously, we've got Black Friday to look forward to in the coming weeks as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a fun one. And then, yeah, just one final news story. This is like a pretty random one. Um, so basically, um, Second Sight, who obviously did like recently the kind of crazy Dawn of the Dead 4K mm-hmm. restoration um, and plenty of other stuff. Like one of their big projects that they were trying to release this year but got delayed until early next year is Martin. Um, another George mm. Romero movie um, from 1977. And it's a really cool movie. It's like this man who thinks he's a vampire is basically the setup. I've only seen it once, like 15 years ago, and really liked it. Um, and yeah, I've been keeping my eyes peeled for this one because this is kind of like a proper restoration. They're doing it, the, you know, the good way with the Romero Foundation, like as many of the different um, cinematographers and all that stuff involved. So it sounds like it's an awesome, awesome release. I'm sure it'll have plenty of lovely extras and all that stuff. Um, Mm. But basically, the reason why it's in the news, because it's super weird that like they've unearthed this new version of the movie that has basically never been seen before. Um, (laughs) So kind of one of the um, the people involved in this posted on Facebook um, who said, I simply can't say enough about the efforts of Kevin Kreese and the Living Dead Museum in locating the seldom, if ever seen, black and white 16 millimeter version of Martin. Uh, This director's cut of some three and a half hours in length was always Romero's preferred version. Um, May it soon return safely to the custody of Richard Rubenstein and Braddock Associates for digital revitalization and distribution to the world. Um, So... Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here because obviously this is as part of the the current restoration from Second Sight. Um, I can't imagine this is going to be part of it. This might be something down the road. But it is weird because there's like, first of all, the original version of the movie is about 95 minutes long. Um, yeah, that's wild. So like there's two hours of this movie, which seems mind boggling anyway. I also think that the the verbiage here is interesting because I, I hear this and I'm kind of immediately turned off in a lot of ways where I'm like, I like the original movie. It was, you know, it's been fine since 1977. I don't like when people start messing with with movies, especially when the original director is long past. Um, but the fact that they're calling this a director's car and then saying that apparently this was Romero's preferred version, I, I want to do more research into that part of it um, because I do find that fascinating where, you know, did he, was this like an original cut that he knew was just never going to be made? And, and like, why does this exist for, first and foremost? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, because he was but never going to release a three and a half hour long movie, was he? Well, the thing is, like, you know, when, especially back then, and especially Romero, um, he was kind of crazy with, mm. with these movies. Because you think, like, when you when you look at the making of Dawn of the Dead, like, he basically only stopped filming that movie because he ran out of time and money. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and, the, and the, the, the mall kicked him out. Because he would have been filming shit there for years. He mm. would have been messing around with different different places and, you know, different scenes with and without zombies. And just, like, he was having the time of his life. And, like... You know, I'm sure the the original cut of Dawn of the Dead was about eight hours, you know, when he put all the footage together. And, like, um, you know, that doesn't mean that's his preferred cut. It's just like, oh, okay, here's the movie, you know, and and now we're going to, you know, here's everything I've shot. I've got rid of, like, you know, I've got my favorite versions of everything, but here's everything I've shot. And now I'm going to get rid of the three hours where they just played Monopoly, you know. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, that... um, uh, I feel like that existed for all of his movies, and yeah, we don't necessarily need to see it. Mm. Like, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't pretend to be a Martin aficionado or a, or a Romero one. But like, if he felt passionate about this cut and, and really felt like it was the true version, I feel like he had enough weight and enough clout to to be able to get this version out there, you know, before now if he wanted to. Yeah, but, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. It is weird. Like I said, I don't want this to kind of overshadow the whole, Mm. you know, 4K restoration of the proper version of the film, or I guess the original version of the movie from Second Sight, because that is awesome. I'm really excited for that. I would highly recommend people watch it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Martin for the first time after, you know, 15 years and see if I still like it. it. Yeah, it's cool. Like you say, I don't want to say too much about it because it is, even though it came out the year before Dawn of the Dead, so he's very much in that, Romero was in that mindset of what you've just described. Yeah. Um, But it's such a different movie to a lot of his other films. Like it's hard to describe tonally. I've seen a bit of it, but it's really hard to get in the UK. Yeah, it really is. And that's why this is awesome. Like the, the, I remember I had a, a region free 
DVD that I'd like <laughs> got off Amazon or something. Yeah. And I like, put it in and it felt like it had been like upgraded from a VHS. Like it was, <laughs> it was just the m- most awful quality ever. And I was like, even if this film is like the best film ever, I'm not going to enjoy it watching it like this. And, and I'm really glad that I have now because, you know, I will be tempted to pick this one up and it wouldn't surprise me if they put this version in their mm. set because they clearly had this with Dawn of the Dead, where Dawn of the Dead got delayed and delayed. And and part of it was, was that they just put so much care and so much into these versions that they kind of over-deliver. Um, so I, I could see them doing this, and, and it, it does get kicked down the lane a little bit because then they can put this version in there, um, you know, which, which would be really cool. Like, I wouldn't want to pay for this separately, but, no. like, it would be cool if it was on there because then, yeah, I'll watch the theatrical version and then the lovely 4K. And then if I really like the movie, I've got the option of watching this crazy version to then not like the movie so much. Yeah, it's an amazing selling point to have if you do release this, which is, like I say, is already enough of a lovely addition where, like I say, I think this is one of the few movies that is crying out for a restoration where I'm pretty sure you can't get just, like, a decent Blu-ray of this. You know, no, this, you is, this is going from, like, the worst quality possible to the best quality. And so that's why it's taken so long. Um, but like I say, it would be lovely to be like, oh, and also has this, like, barely seen version which again you know do i have an interest in watching it not really i'm super happy it exists and i think that it does belong in a museum um similarly with like the amusement park that obviously was that we covered in the news where it was like here's this weird part of romero's film history that has barely been seen by people and these are things that should exist like i'm such a huge advocate for kind of like the the history of film and and preserving these things Mm. in the highest quality like it's so devastating when you follow these companies and they can't find you know like the original film of these movies and Mm. you you see stuff like arrow all the time for example where like the entire movie will look gorgeous and then there'll be certain scenes that are like not as good and then you read in the booklet where it's like oh yeah this was you know a a video that someone found in someone's cupboard that was like (laughs) a copy of the master and that was like the closest they could get to those cut scenes and it's it is crazy that obviously people didn't think about this back then people were just worried about making cool movies um whereas now in in the internet world we're way more focused on keeping these movies preserved which is fantastic um so yeah it's a really cool one i'm glad we talked about this one in the news um but yeah that is it for the news shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about antlers yeah this was kind of i guess much like uh, a lot of movies over mm-hmm. the last few years heavily delayed <laughs> indeed it was this was the one that um got delayed one of the longest and kind of felt like it should have come out on demand or something like i think we spoke yeah. about this like this was just of, around the corner wasn't you know, it when when the pandemic yeah, happened last year you know they they really started. put their stake in the ground that we're going to get a theatrical run we really want that one week uk theatrical <laughs> run <Right? laughs> it is brilliant when you really think about it isn't it come you know, sure 10 people that, that saw it in our cinema are really appreciative of that 18 month delay a week before eternals and so all cinemas only show it for a week like that's mm where we're going to put you know that's the, the same day is the um, the biggest british horror movie release yeah. of the last i don't know five <laughs> years <laughs> but but either way like it, it's it felt weird that it didn't get put on a streaming platform mm. but i commend them still because it, although we <laughs> joke about it you know we um it's certainly a choice <laughs> yeah but we love cinema horror yeah, and like yeah. if, if movies are gonna you know fight to be in the cinema even when it's the wrong fight i i will respect it and we did see it at the cinema mm. you know we we took a extra big effort just to you know change routine and see the movie when we did you know so we we did we did you know reward them for that choice um but but either way i guess kind of yeah this has been kicking around for a while for us because um you know del toro was was attached to this as kind of a, a producer mm. um pretty much early on like um uh straight after his kind of oscar success really wasn't it that this kind of hit um and was kind of like oh this is his next like horror project that he's attaching himself to Mm. um and then i remember seeing the trailer and being kind of really pumped for it it looked you know i think it had a really good trailer really strong um kind of just showing some kind of proper you know 
proper good horror for a trailer, but also keeping the mystique. And I remember being, you know, quite excited for this. Um, Just to add to the uh, Del Toro point as well, like you mentioned, mm. it was right off the back of his last film. And then this was kind of around, you know, six to eight months after that. And then with all the delays, they probably didn't imagine that this would come out a month before his next actual know, directed I film, know. you know, where it's kind of <laughs> like, OK, now it's very much the gimmick of del toro isn't as interesting because nightmare alley is out in a month <laughs> yeah, yeah no, true true um so yeah kind of going into this one i guess it's um it's very it's a very strange kind of movie when the, the trailer kind of sets up where where we join you know mm. our characters kind of after the initial setup but the initial setup and the opening scene was kind of quite strange and not what i expected um where we kind of um meet our lead character lucas is he yeah the little kid and basically oh it's not even him is it it's his brother Um, is it his brother aiden who's waiting at the start of the movie yeah so yeah yeah, and so his dad is basically going breaking bad in an old abandoned cave and he's seemingly cooking up meth or the drug of his choice yeah, they're like some um, underground um, mine shafts, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's like these unused mine shafts where his dad and a friend have set up a makeshift lab for some reason. I guess mm. they just kind of go wherever's derelict, and and it's a pretty um, good spot for it, to be honest. It's pretty pretty legit, and and they're kind it's of down a in, the in the middle of the desert. Eh, I mean, that's pretty baller, though. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so he's kind of left his very young child, Aiden, in the van while he's cooking up a storm down in these caves and kind of um, just as they're packing up, we kind of um, see uh, what we hear like a a scary sounding animal kind of in the dark. And they, they kind of get freaked out in the caves and we, we kind of see them attacked kind of in shadows. And we kind of, we know that shit goes down and it doesn't seem like it's great for them. Um, And then we kind of see Aiden, step into the cave as well and that's kind of how the film opens um and then kind of when we then get into the film we're introduced to our lead lucas who is um kind of this very malnourished kind of not look very well looked after child who is um kind of we we see him in the opening scenes capturing animals and and kind of collecting roadkill to feed something that in his in his house and kind of i guess that's kind of the crux of the movie there where we're kind of he has something in the house that he's caring for and looking after um something that's clearly not normal and um i think part of the mystique of the movie for me going into it was not really knowing what he was feeding and kind of what that thing was and so i'm not going to go into that too much right now if if you want to then we probably maybe after spoiler warning because i I do consider that a little bit spoilery. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's clearly in this house on his own, feeding something locked in a room, and um, kind of that he, you know him kind of that that thing kind of coming out and, and attacking and kind of him you know fending for it and looking after it is kind of where this movie lies, and it kind of focuses a lot on his school life and his relationship with this teacher hmm. and kind of her. You know, it, it becomes almost drama-like, really, where he's clearly malnourished, clearly not being looked after enough, and the teacher kind of goes in, in, you know, goes the extra mile to kind of try to help and support him, and then as she strips things back, she realizes kind of what is going on in his home life, and we get back to the horror movie, um, which wasn't quite what I expected it to be, if I'm being honest. But um, yeah, but yeah, I think. I think that kind of sums things up. I, 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 I don't, like I said, I don't want to go too much into the, the whole creature thing and everything just yet, because I don't know about you, but I do consider it a bit spoilery because I, 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 from the trailer in particular, like I didn't know who was aware of what this thing was or what this thing was. And I, and I didn't really know at the start of the movie either. It was only kind of like a little way in that I figured things out. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just me. 
Yeah, no, you kind of like, I guess, expect in, you know, some sort of creature aspect to the movie. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's, it's about this kid struggling, clearly. And like you say, he doesn't look healthy. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the film is centered around the kind of the, the teacher character. There's a lot of scenes involving her that aren't even involving the, the boy. Yeah. Um, and kind of like her relationship with her brother um, and her past becomes like part of the story as well. So that's kind of a lot of the main focus of certainly the middle part of the movie um, mm-hmm. when you when you're trying to figure out what's going on with Lucas um, and his home life is is very much. The movie shifts to like, OK, what you know, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to go into my thoughts on the movie, um, it, it's an interesting one. Like, I thought this movie was really good. Um, it, it does a lot to really like. Um, I think it's a real, I don't want to say slow, but it's a very like minimalist movie mm-hmm. where there isn't a lot going on where it it really is just the focus on these core characters it's mostly the focus on two characters really is the you know the focus on lucas and the focus on julia and it's kind of that's where i guess the movie will will make or break with a lot of people because it's not it's not some crazy concept some world some big setup it's a very simple story um with an incident that takes place that clearly rocks this this family life and then how are they dealing with that incident which i guess we'll get to um and i think it's all really well done like it's very interesting i think they're drip feeding you kind of stuff that's going on where you're learning more about lucas and then especially more about the teacher um and kind of how she's going to have an impact on lucas and yeah it's it's it, like you say, it is a minimalist movie, but I liked what they were going for. Um, and it's it's a difficult one to talk about, um, really, because I think a lot of the good stuff is in the final acts, I guess, and when the movie really starts yeah. to unfold. Um, so we'll probably get there, you know, but before that, like, I did like the movie overall. It's, it's a weird one because I think critically, I would say it's better than how I feel about it, if that makes sense. Where yeah. looking at this critically, I don't really have much wrong to say about it. Like there are a few things mm-hmm. that I would pick up on, but overall, this is like super well directed. It's competently acted. I think that the a lot of the horror stuff is really good, um, and it's like oh, and it's it you know it doesn't drag on. It respects your time. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have any laugh out loud comical stuff. And I do think that it's a movie that um, again ordering would would kind of maybe change my thoughts on this movie because i think if i saw this after you know a movie that i really didn't like um i i would have been like okay this is how you do it whereas obviously seeing it after a movie that i loved i'm like okay everything about this is is super competent and well done and overall i liked it but like coming out of it i just don't have massive passion for it um and i don't know why that is um maybe it just doesn't speak to me um in terms of the type of movie that it is um because this is a weird film where watching it, it felt like it fell out of 2017, 2018. Mm. Um, and obviously looking it up and obviously knowing about the delays where this was filmed in 2018 mm. um, and obviously was initially going to come out, you know, a while ago. But even ignoring that part of it, like this feels like the type of horror that we were seeing then. I remember, you know, there's kind of two subgenres that this massively is, which is the the kind of focusing on a young child aspect and clearly there's something up with them and and that unraveling and we've seen that in movies like the prodigy um in movies like brightburn which have different to this but you know they have that same same similar element of like here's a child and there's clearly something wrong with them um or at least in their life um and then the other aspect of it is the creature feature stuff which again we saw movies like i think there was a movie called the monster that we saw um and a movie called after midnight as well and and it's funny because all four of those movies that i just mentioned i didn't like um (laughs) i just didn't think they were good at all whereas this is like way better than all of them Um, And so I do like this more, but I almost feel like I got fatigued just on like that type of film. Um, And even though we've not seen one for a couple of years, like I wonder if that's through like choice or not, or whether I just kind of like have 
just gravitated away from those films naturally and whether they are still getting made but we're just not covering them as much do you know what i mean um because it is kind of like we were seeing these types of movies a lot weren't we and then they seem like they just disappeared for a while it is it is weird like you say it does feel like a movie that is a few years old Mm. um and that's not a slight on it it's just kind of like no it doesn't feel like part of the trend right now it feels like an outlier kind of late to the party but undeservedly undeservedly late to the party yeah because it's better than um, all those films that it, you know if it yeah. came out in 2018 i'd think i'd have been super hot on it I don't, yeah i'm i'm weird as well because i'm kind of where you are with it where i think this film looks fantastic i think the cinema photography is you know uh, so some of the locations and the way this movie looks it really does look great and it looked good on the big screen and i think i think my biggest thing was i was expecting it to be a bit more simple than what it was I was kind of expecting just this to be this monster movie where we got this kind of, you know, crazy monster out on the loose attacking and killing a lot of people and a lot of gore and a lot of violence. And we kind of got some of that. But actually what we got was a really deep character study on these two characters Mm. um, who were both interesting, but also both really upsetting. Mm. Um, You know, I felt like pretty sad throughout this movie um for both of these characters you know in in a good way you know i really was rooting for them i really just wanted them both to have a happy ending yeah um and kind of you know they were very well acted i think i think the supporting cast around them did a good job as well like you said i think it's it, it pretty much doesn't have any negatives when you look to critique it but i'm the same like i i didn't really feel anything whilst watching it and i didn't i haven't really thought about it that much since and I, and I can't overly pinpoint why, apart from the fact that I just think it is quite a, you know, it is quite a sad movie throughout. Mm. It is quite slow. And, and albeit everything you're seeing is good, if it is slow and sad, I think sometimes those movies really land with you and sometimes they don't. Yeah. You know, I think um, if, you, if we look at a movie that we loved, like The Lighthouse, you know, that movie's quite slow. It's quite, it's quite sad. And, and, you know, there's quite a lot of just dialogue. There's two people just talking constantly. And, like, everything I'm describing there, I, I, I wouldn't have thought I would like. But, the, but I loved it, you know. And I think it's just kind of like sometimes movies land. And sometimes as well, they can have all of the things that are what this movie's got. But then just that special source that, that tips you the, over the edge. I feel like if this movie just had one extra ingredient it could have really tipped over the edge for me because everything Mm. else was really good but it was just it was just missing something that was that that made it a bit you know made it more special to me i think i think it was probably um as slow as it was in the start to middle because kind of once we get the opening scene we kind of get a lot of setting it up and you know him kind of having this home miserable cycle school miserable cycle teacher then getting into it then we've got so much about the teacher and i kind of i do wonder if we really needed as much of the backstory for the teacher yeah um because you know i i kind of needed more of the the action but the problem is is that what he has locked up in his house isn't just you know it isn't like a, a werewolf movie where they kind of break out and, and they attack and then they come back or whatever. Like as soon as, you know, the, the action of this movie takes place when it, when shit starts to go down at that house, it's not just, you know, it's not like this night day cycle thing that we can have. Um, mm. So it just kind of means we are kind of waiting for that point. And I think that is where, like I say, all of that stuff was good, but it, it did also just lose my attention a bit because I wanted the action and i wonder if that's it it's, it's really hard to pinpoint i think is the, the short answer but it, it, it definitely isn't a movie that that is in high regard from me but but yeah i i do respect a hell of a lot what it did yeah i think we we talked last year a lot about tone and timing and there was a few movies that were like pretty depressing movies that i i think i liked more than you um mm. that netflix one in particular is one that comes to mind that yeah, i can't remember sure. what it's called now with the oh, devil God. in the title yeah it's a long the, time oh the devil all the time i devil think it's all called the time, yeah. um where like you say like i totally understood your frustrations and you totally mm. understood why i really liked it and i think mm. this is a weirder one i guess because we both have these thoughts but like yeah 
for me, yeah, if horror you, if you has started your conversation where you were like, "Oh, I fucking love this movie." Like, yeah, I, I would have got it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, yeah. I and I still I want to be more positive on this because, mm. like I say, technically this is fantastic. But like when I think to the my favorites of this year, and again, this shows you in the regard that I'm thinking about this movie because I'm comparing it to my favorites. Like they all fill me with such joy. Um, like re- they, they really do. When I think back to my favorite moments in horror this year they're all joy-filled experiences which is maybe not what you necessarily always have Mm. with horror you know i think you can watch something that is a very somber slow downbeat affair that you can be like oh my god that was so powerful and moving and i feel like those are the experiences that that did affect me last year that I haven't gravitated towards as much. And maybe that is just because of the films that we've had this year aren't tonally that. And so like, I'm in that mindset of like, you know, going into black Friday, for example, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm way more for like a lighthearted fun affair right now. Whereas this is, I mean, you mentioned it, but like, I think this is a super sad downbeat movie um from the get-go and it is and especially when they keep piling on the backstory um and and i'm totally agreeance with you of like the the insistence on backstory with julia i didn't really think added much to the film um Mm. it just slowed it down and it gave you another thing to be depressed about and i was (laughs) i was really waiting for it to click and to be like right here's the massive relevance to what's going on outside of just the obvious one which is kind of like the reason why she'd want to care for a child more than just being a you know a good person and a good teacher um they want to add that extra element of kind of like she can relate to this boy um but i just wanted something a bit more from that and then especially you know the past is one thing but then in the present we have like this sub storyline involving alcohol which doesn't really go anywhere um Mm. and i was really expecting that to at least be explained in some capacity and then also the the fractured relationship with a brother which again mostly just stems from childhood and i feel Mm. like that also needed to be fleshed out more um and especially because her brother is played by jesse plemons who i fucking love as an actor i think he's phenomenal and i think he can play everything from terrifying to hilarious he he's got such amazing range as an Mm. actor and this is the most boring role i've ever seen him have in anything like it's he's just the stereotypical like i'm the brother to a main character i'm also an all right cop and i'm just a dude being a dude and he's you know what i mean he's just the most vanilla guy who's just got nothing going on well, and he doesn't get to have any scenes of emotion whatsoever he's just so boring in this he's film. such a dead character because he is just like i'm a cop because why not i live mm. in a small town so therefore i'm the cop and then i was the cop and the sheriff retired so i'm now the sheriff you know and it's just kind of like it's really you know that there is nothing about him and and like i said you know like like you said you know um he he could do so much more we know that actor can can just nail it yeah, um, that character wouldn't he's, have been as bad. Nothing. Yeah, that character wouldn't have been as bad, would it, if it was just like a random person who I've never seen before? But like the fact that he's by far the most well-known actor in this film to then give him like one of the worst roles, where it's like this is a two-character piece between Julia and Lucas, and then he's the one who then has the third most screen time and lines. But he is—he's mm. nothing. Like, like I say, he is just there to get more. I guess, um, sadness out of Julia's character um, and more of like a reminder of like the horrible shit that she's been through. Um, So yeah, I feel like he was, he could have been, he could have been really interesting or he could have been more lighthearted and maybe, you know, tried to break up some of the the damn beatness. There's Mm. really only one scene that I can remember that is even trying to be a little bit lighthearted, which is the ice cream shop scene. Mm. Um, And that's the only time when they're trying to at least like lighten the mood a little bit. And this where she's trying to kind of relate to Lucas. In that scene, she's relating to Lucas because her parents are dead too. Mm. So it's not exactly like the, you know, uh, (laughs) it was mostly like the, what's your favorite fruit? You know, ice cream is a fruit. That whole stuff was like the lighthearted part. Probably probably not the dead parents part. Very quickly onto dead parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do. And I think like I say, that is tonally what the movie's trying to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's clearly consistent. First of all, it's not like, uh, a goddamn mess of a movie like we saw a few weeks ago that shan't be named where tonally it just made no sense yeah whereas like tonally this makes sense it's trying to be a slow downbeat emotional piece and i do think it achieves that um and i do think it is a really well-made original film as well but like you say coming out of it 
I feel like this is a movie that I should be like, oh, yeah, this is so awesome, mm. so unique, one of my favorites yeah. of the year. And I'm like, this is critically definitely one of the better horror movies I've seen this year. Sure. But, like, I've seen movies that I would say are worse that I enjoyed more. Yeah. Um, like The Conjuring, for example, The Conjuring 3, like, that's one that immediately springs to mind. Of Like, I would say Antlers is definitely a, a competently better made movie. But for mm. some reason, I just had more fun watching that one. And maybe that's a, a weird example because it's part of an existing franchise. Um, maybe it'd be fairer to kind of compare it to an original movie but yeah it's a weird one um do do we want to go a bit more spoilery um it's up to you really Um, yeah i don't really mind because i I feel Um, like overall i've kind of said my thought on this movie yeah i i don't think i really all all i would be doing is talking about what happens i don't really have anything to add on how i feel about the movie it doesn't you know the final act when when things do kick off i i'm not going to be spoilery here like i don't I enjoyed it, but I don't think it, it added to where I was at with it. Like I said, I, it just never really had me gripped. And so those final bits, yeah, all was well done. It had a nice conclusion. Everything, you know, the movie did what it needed to do. And, and yeah, like I say, when I look at it critically, I really can't fault it, but it just didn't have me gripped. Yeah, there's two examples I would briefly bring up as kind of, again, reasons why maybe I could have liked this more. Mm. Um, The first one being that this movie has um, a transformation sequence, um, Mm. which is set up for the longest time in the movie, and it it cuts away almost immediately. And this was a frustration that I can say with the movie, like a real critique, because... incredibly quickly. Yeah, when you have a creature feature movie that that is like one of the big selling points, you know, with Del Toro attached and all of that stuff, and then especially the trailer and just everything you're selling, you know, is that... And then you have a transformation sequence that you choose to immediately cut away from. And then, you know, we see the aftermath of it, which is fantastic. But to me, that's real disappointing. Mm. And like, I don't want to always bring up the example, but it's kind of like, you know, everyone knows about that sequence in in American Wealth in London. And like, there's a reason why 40 years later, people still talk about it. And again, I know you shouldn't always compare to like literally the greatest transformation sequence. You know, not every film can compare itself to the mm. best one ever, but it's like at least try and aspire to that. And clearly you could use that as inspiration. And But the, the reason why I'm disappointed is because clearly something that happened 40 years ago just had more care i guess put into it where it's like well we know that we can't pull it off the way we want to so we just won't try it's almost like that admission of defeat which which frustrates me um because i would rather just see a poor one you know Mm. and be like well no you did at least try it and maybe you didn't have the right special effects maybe just it didn't work for whatever reason in terms of the creature that you're portraying maybe just isn't in line with a great transformation even though Without spoilers, I would argue the creature in this movie is very much set up for a great transformation sequence. Um, so yeah, that was that was definitely a frustration. Like I was audibly or, or you know visibly, I guess, disappointed. Like when that happened in the cinema, where I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is a really cool movie," but man, they really just robbed what was probably on paper going to be like the best sequence of this movie. Um, I feel like I, I kind. I hope this. I think this is going to stay spoiler free, but I think kind of like the, the name of the movie and kind of Mm. the opening scene and kind of the, the intrigue between what is he feeding? What is he looking after? Was all building up to that reveal. And that, yeah, like you say, that was like two seconds on screen, then it's gone. And then like, when we do actually get to see, I guess, you know, saying, you know, the creature, when we get to see that in its full form, it really does look fantastic. And you do Mm. get that Del Toro vibes and there's, really creepy stuff going on with the face that was really worked and i kind of i just wish we'd have got that straight away in that in that first scene because when we did get the strip back i think it was what we wanted and i think the creature does look really good yeah the the other thing that was a slight frustration is the the finale is pretty dark um in kind of the way you see it and normally that's like and again i want to bring it up because i know that's on my list of things that really turn me off in horror movies is just like straight up you know dark sequences where you just can't see what the hell's going on and you know that frustrates me to no end and and we all know why people do it Mm. but it's it's a cheap way out whereas it did frustrate me slightly here but i will give this movie a pass because it's first of all the dark the movie's dark throughout um Mm -hmm. so it's consistently correct you know the poster's dark everything about this movie is dark it's it's not a brightly lit movie in the slightest so tonally it makes sense it doesn't just go they don't just switch the lights off in the finale because they don't want to show you what's going on we're in a cave like (laughs) and, and that's the other thing 
actually like script wise and story wise it made perfect sense why it was dark as well so i'll also give him credit there but then also they did have really nice use of light and shadows in the finale um so i will again i'll let it pass because i'm like well even though it was a bit darker than i'd like the fact that it made sense and you got this cool use of lighting and shadows like it didn't bother me so i just wanted to to mention that because that's normally something that would be a massive turn off whereas like for the reasons i've just specified it wasn't as big of an issue um but yeah i guess kind of concluding thoughts and like recommendations like i am um i guess disappointed with how i feel about this movie um (laughs) because i feel like i'm doing it a disservice and as far as recommendations go like i would highly recommend people watch this film um i don't know if you necessarily need to see it at the cinema um i liked watching it at the cinema but like you mentioned at the start of the show the fact that this was one of the few movies that really preserved its cinema date having now seen it i'm like no you didn't need to there's there's certain movies that have moved to the small screen and were better for it and there's certain movies that shouldn't have moved and this is one that i would have fully understood and i think you will get almost as good of experience like obviously it's not the same obviously i would want to see all these movies at the cinema if i'm choosing Mm. um but to put that aside i think out of all the movies that we've seen at the cinema this year this is one of the few that i'm like no when this comes out you should buy it and you should watch it and you'll be able to enjoy it as much as i did on the big screen um but yeah i'm just i'm i I guess i am just a little bit frustrated that i didn't like this one more is my my only takeaway because i do genuinely and and again it's a lot of things i've been looking for it's it's original (laughs) horror um as i keep saying time and time again that i want to reward people for and this is very original it's a type of subgenre that we've seen a lot but this is by far the best version again i don't want to understate it like those movies that I referenced earlier are nowhere near the level of this film. Yeah. Like this is very, very, very good. And I think is on the upper end of, of overall films we've seen this year. Um, I just wish I had that passion for it that for some reason isn't there. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm along those lines really where I, I definitely would recommend this. It's a movie. I, I, I hope our review has helped because I do think like knowing that it's not, not necessarily kind of, how we are not in love with it. But I kind of feel like if I knew that I was going into a darker film, more of a character study, more of a slower film, I think I would have walked away from it happier. And I almost, I almost wonder if this is one that I I do want to rewatch this movie at some point. And I wonder, will it hit a different chord then when I, when I know what this movie is? Um, Because I was expecting something different going into it. Um, And I also think as well that, yeah, I would recommend seeing this. I think, you know, but but yeah, you don't need to see it in the cinema. And I do think if we'd have seen this this time last year when we were deprived of, of everything, like we would have probably been buzzing off our tits for it. But like yeah. we've just seen one of our favorite theatrical horrors that we may have ever seen in terms and like just movies that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Like and we've been on a tier of great cinema. I'm also feeling a bit fatigued that we've been to the cinema that much um so you know i'm kind of like you know this was not a great time for this movie to arrive and i do wonder if both of our similar opinion is a is an opinion of circumstance as to where we're at in this year um but but yeah i would still recommend this movie for sure yeah it is a weird one but yeah i i do think that timing is this biggest movie's problem and and obviously that's nothing to do with the movie that's nothing to do with the people that made it or anything like that but it is i'm like man there was so many gaps in the last two years that this could have solidified its place and Mm -hmm. instead you've squeezed it in between a bunch of loud voices where no one's going to watch antlers because no one's seeing last night in soho you know mm. because everyone's seeing halloween everyone's seeing bond everyone's hyped for a new marvel movie spider-man is just around the corner like there's so much going on right now and to try and get people to be like no it's this original horror uh, del toro is mm. attached but it's not his movie he's directing that's out in less than a month like it's just it is Strange, weird like yeah i yeah. feel sorry for these filmmakers honestly because i do think this should have this should have been like a big netflix release last year when everyone was at home dying to watch stuff um and it could have it could have yeah. killed um but yeah that was our discussion on antlers uh, we'll take a short break and we will be right back
So yeah, to finish us off this week, um, a bit of TV as we've been sort of grinding through it all because like there's been so much at the minute. <laughs> we talk about it's not a good time to uh, release a film, but it's certainly not a good time for TV either um, in the sense that it's just everything is on right now. Absolutely crazy. Um, because yeah, one of our favourite shows to cover over the last few years has been Creep Show, and mm-hmm. um, obviously season three has aired all of it now and I still haven't even watched it all yet. Um, but I think that just shows you kind of a, we obviously got Creepshow earlier this year, and so it was very much like, oh, I'll get to that because I really liked mm. season two, and I really want to focus on like, you know, it's the first American horror story for two years. It's it's the it's finally Chucky after all of these years, and Midnight Mass, the return of Mike Flanagan. You know, there's been a lot of TV that was on, uh, you know, the top of my list that we've been getting through now. Um, but yeah, season three of Creepshow, I've I watched the first four episodes now, um, with two more to go. And I, I really hope you've liked it more than I have, um, <laughs> because I've been really disappointed with it. Um, I haven't hated it in the slightest, but like to think back to the two specials in season two, I, I don't think this is anywhere near that level. Um, no. I've watched, yeah, the four episodes, eight segments. <laughs> There's only two that I can say I liked. And they're the almost the only ones I can even remember. And it's not even that they're like, they're terrible. It's just, they're so forgettable with like almost the same premise to everyone where it's like, here's the slow setup. And then the last 10 minutes, there'll be a fun looking creature running around. And and that's basically it. Um, I think so, it's, it's, it's weird because it's become like junk food for me, mm, really. Yeah. Where I know exactly you know, yeah, you know what, what you're I'm going to get. <laughs> get. I kind of like it. Yeah. It feels like Goosebumps, the TV show, just on a horror level, mm. where it's just like pure cheese. Like, what I can guarantee on each episode is that, you know, we're getting the two segments. The, the segment starts, and within five minutes, I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and then it's kind of okay watching it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the point in case is a couple of the episodes that, that you will have seen. So like, um, uh, the siren one, stranger yeah. signs. So like, it was one of the two that I actually liked. I instantly know the start, middle and end. Yeah. But I had, <laughs> I had a good time. Like, yeah. throughout it. and, and like the, the one with the art, uh, show the exhibition where he's buying yeah. that painting and it's going to get revealed for the first time. I'm like, I, I pretty much know what's going to go down. And like each, They've all been quite. I bet you, know, you didn't they, they, see where the horror collectibles one was going. <laughs> so the horror, you know, that is the standout. Yeah, skeletons in the closet is the standout one, and and was really fantastic. Yeah, I it think was. it's it's a yeah it's it's a a guy that collects horror movie props that's opening a museum of horror movie props. So you get a ton of awesome references of all these different props and all these different things, and they. They talk, you know, there's all these deep cuts on different horror movies. There were a couple that I really made me smile and I liked. I can't remember them now, but it was it was really well done. And then when we actually got into the horror, I think they 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 did a really good homage to Psycho, which I think was a really respectful one where I think, especially with a creep show, I kind of imagined that they had just gone super gory or, or stuck a monster in there. But I think they did it quite well um and then they kind of you know the, the the whole episode i thought was a really good one it's by far the strongest one i've seen so far i've seen i've seen the five episodes so far yeah um and i think all all of the other ones are kind of um very similar for me i i, I wouldn't say i really even have a second favorite um it's it's just kind of Oh, this one's you know I, I I I'd say probably episode one or five was my least favorite, and one was you know because it's the start as well. Mm. I think kind of yeah, one was the boy the boy who mourns his mother and kind of has that whole plant thing. That is oh, yeah. again the epitome of start middle end. The mum <laughs> dies at the beginning. He plants this plant. We know we're going to get this cool effect at the end. I'm like, okay, it had a payoff. Mm. So yeah, like I can very much watch Creep Show while I'm doing other things and just kind of half paying attention to it, and I get a little kick out of it. But and I've kind of become instantly comfortable with it being there, and I've kind of forgot that that the prior Creep Show that we got was on a higher level than that. Yeah, that's my biggest frustration. Is kind of like off the back of the specials um in particular in season two because mm. yeah watching season one i was like i like this it's cool 
And if it was just this, it's fine. But I feel like they could easily get a hell of a lot better, which they did. And so I was happy that I kind of saw that that come in and that progression happened so quickly. Um, and then this is very much like a, a straight up regression back to season one where it's like, mm. yeah, it's fun. It's it's this stupid show, you know, that's very silly and zany in tone. Um, and I, I think that's the other thing as well is like this hasn't really had any emotion to it whatsoever. You know, like season two had a couple of segments that did actually try and portray some emotion, whereas this yeah. is almost entirely like zany slapstick is the tone. It's, um, it's- kind of soulless in that respect isn't it it is yeah. just, just kind of like i say by the numbers this this gimmick that that does work you know but it is yeah very simple setup you know how it's going to go down and there's going to be a cool visual at the end and the visuals do look good mostly yeah th- these stories in particular feel super rushed where mm. like obviously now we have hindsight but it's like they basically had two options with the pandemic which was you either delay season two and you sit on it until this Halloween because of like we discussed in the news, they had to get back on that Halloween cycle for creep show. It just made no sense to release this at any other point. Um, so you could either sit on it and then, you know, have a full over year and a half to, you know, produce a season three, or you could do what they were, they done, which is kind of put it out at a weird time when people aren't really wanting it and then get on the back, that cycle immediately. And obviously now my major frustration is like season two was so good that like mm. they should have kept it they should have put all eyeballs on it this halloween and then obviously with season three being not so good it's a double barrel where it's like well no then you could have had more time to make this season as good as the last season if not better um so there is that double frustration of like man the, the best season of creep show so far was put out a time when no one really wanted it um and yeah it is frustration like i'm really disappointed because i really really like creep show um and i still do i'm gonna watch the last two but mm. like it is it is totally disappointing after season two and after the, how yeah. good those specials were i'm like man, especially like they this just hasn't felt as special where no. um and maybe it is because we only just had it well i can say there's a reason why we've not finished the season you know, and, yeah i was we gonna say we barely talked about it, it yeah and and you know this We've had this for a while to be able to watch. And, and you know, if you'd have said to me, I, I would have assumed we'd be reviewing each episode weekly. Yeah, and it yeah we, did, we did a whole hit. show dedicated to one episode of Creepshow yeah. earlier this year exactly. because of how great exactly. it was. And now we're just, like, yeah. bunging, you know, bunging four of them together yeah. and, like, yeah, they're okay. Um, but, yeah, like, it doesn't feel as special because it just happened. But also, you know, I feel like it just doesn't have that star power where I can barely think of any guest stars for this season like you know last season when it was like here's barbara crampton and yeah. here's um you know the dude from uh, they live uh, keith david um you know tobin bell's been in it proves like all these people whereas i'm like who are the faces in season mm. three i mean i'm really yeah. struggling to think of anyone who's like a horror name um so it is mm. disappointing and even like greg i've only seen his name attached to maybe one or two segments so far um which again is like he you know he is usually the guy that brings the best ones i think he did direct the um the horror the horror memorabilia one which was the best one um but yeah it is i am frustrated because i'm i've i feel like i'm one of the biggest fans of this show and it's like man they've really missed the mark and to the point where i'm worried now about creep show going forward again <laughs> where i feel like they really turned the corner mm. and now i'm like man if people watch this and don't like it and, and i know a lot yeah. of people had already kind of stopped watching after season one which i didn't necessarily blame people but i kind of hoped that they gave season two a chance because it was so much better and it's like you're gonna lose fans like this um and it's like is there a guarantee now that we're gonna get a season four like i hope they do but it definitely needs more time to kind of percolate than this did especially the stories first and foremost like season one in particular it seems like they were pulling from a lot of like king and joe hill short stories whereas Mm. It seems like most of this stuff is now like original stuff and clearly it's not up to the right standard. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like they just kind of have a writer's room day Mm. and and they just get a, you know, there's not even a script. It's just kind of like a five minute, you know, intro. And then then that's what they make the segment out of. It does does feel rushed and, and too quick to be coming out yeah it's a shame like Mm. it really bums me out talking about creep show in this light because it's still when we look back on this year it's like we have to talk about how great season two was but Mm. season three came out and it was nowhere near as good so it's like man it really makes talking about creep show this year like almost impossible um because i don't even want to think about this season in regards to how strong season two was um 
but yeah that's pretty much it for this week um so in the in the sort of coming weeks it's a bit quieter now like i say we don't really have um unless something crazy happens which who knows um but we don't have a cinema uh release for a few weeks now until resident evil um so we're back on the old on demand obviously it depends when um black friday comes out um hopefully we should be able to see that in the coming weeks but if not we'll we'll go back to our our backlog because we do have demonic is like the main one that we really want to talk about um that i think we've talked about multiple times in the news (laughs) um so that's been hanging around since like august so it'd be nice to finally see it um sort of like nice sci-fi horror mix which is cool because we haven't really seen many sci-fi you know focused horrors for a little while now so i'm I'm in the mood for that more um because at the start of the year we kind of saw quite a few of them um Mm. yeah yeah that's pretty much it also chucky looks to be very exciting this coming week um so i'm looking forward yeah. to talking about that next week um based upon kind of what happened on this last week's episode um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week uh that was episode number 273 where we discussed antlers uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start now?